the people in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. Oh, who are the people in the neighborhood? They're the LGBTQIA. This is The Gayborhood, brought to you by the Gay Agenda Improv. I'm Anthony Douglas. Sam Meyer is on vacation. Welcome to The Gayborhood, Alec. Hi. <laughs> I'm sitting with a very interesting person today. His name is Alec Adamick. He is a certified yoga teacher. He is an adventurer, and he teaches, da- he teaches dance meditation technique. Yeah. We like to refer to ourselves as um, movement service providers. A movement service provider. <laughs> um, um, a facilitator. Yeah. Uh, tell me will. a little bit more about that. Um, so Michael Patrick, he is um, somebody who is out of uh, Royal Oak currently, um, created this modality of, uh, I guess the end result is dance. Um, but it becomes a meditation in the way that you get there and the way that you like are able to um, keep yourself in this state of movement. And it's very um, individual to who you are and like how this whatever music uh-huh. is uh, making you or how it's making you feel, right? And so um, he's created a way for you to subtly walk yourself through. Um, and into this um, moving meditation. And um, it's, it, it starts by, like, um, acquiring, like, these four, or I think it was, it's four techniques that um, pretty much allow for you to bring your body to a, um, a physical point of being able to sit with yourself and meditate. Um, and if you think of yoga being a way in which that we can do that as well, think of dance meditation as being the complete opposite, but, um, still allowing you to get to the same end result. When we practice Hatha yoga, a basic alignment, we, um, over and over again, we're like, uh, developing muscle memory and, um, we're like getting to know ourselves through this way of repetition. Mm-hmm. And as we do that, we also um, tire our bodies that allow for us to then sit and meditate. And um, this is exactly um, the same kind of way to go about that, but in a way that is completely free of form. Whereas like yoga is all com- like it, it is form. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I do. I do want me to get into detail about what these techniques are. Yeah. Because, okay. So you, you said there's four okay. techniques, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'd love to hear more about it. And so the the end result of dance meditation is to arrive at a place of meditation, or you want to sustain the practitioner in and the student in meditative state. Um. I mean, so this the the movement itself becomes a meditation. Right. Okay. But um what you are able to do after because of the fact that your your body um, is always constantly giving you messages mm-hmm. on what to do with it. Yeah. And um, until we like sit down and give it, you know, intentional movement, it doesn't, it doesn't shut up. And when we are allowing for ourselves to be like so intentional that it's then radical yeah. of what the movement is, like, Depending on what our sensory organs are telling us, it's um, it's very it's so much more different than yoga. And it's funny because we play um, music in yoga studios yeah. these days, and like it's supposed to allow for you to like get into like that your own state of movement. But we're all doing the same exact movement. Yeah, the, the mu- there's a, a rhythm there, but you can't really move to the rhythm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you want to, I'm sure like it's not going to be like, you know, it, it would be embraced, I'm, I'm sure. Sure. But um, this is this is a, the space for you to just be. I mean, you, we, we go about life like being told what to say and what to do. And um, it just feels good to be like able to be in a space and do whatever 
you not whatever you want, but you like along the lines of like whatever your body is calling itself to do. Okay, I get it. Um, and so how we acquire this state of um, movement or meditation is uh, by first uh, basically calling like to our bodies and um, releasing any sound that we find necessary through the stretches that we're doing. Okay. And so we'll start there and basically um, just make it very basic aerobic stretches on the ground. And then we'll start to um, pick up the movement and it then becomes a uh, catharsis. We, um, Michael refers to this as the moving catharsis. And okay. so um, from there, I mean, I personally develop a soft gaze from the moving catharsis. And the soft gaze is um, an attention to your surroundings so like an overall awareness, but um, like not necessarily um, paying attention to detail. I see. Um, and so that happens, and um, you also up then are up, like still releasing sound. We like go through periods of um, releasing sound within the moving catharsis, right. and um, and so we have the moving catharsis. The sound wheel is what. The, the sound, uh, that's what the sound technique is referred to as. So this technique, this step in this process is referred to the sound wheel? The sound wheel. Okay. Yeah. And are we still in the first step? I have my book right here. Yeah, let's take it out because yeah. uh, I think that it, it's really, it would be really interesting to hear the, yeah. the uh, prescribed technique itself. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Um, the way that Michael intended it to be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you said something interesting about uh, that soft gaze. And I, I've been practicing meditation, study meditation for a long time. More studying than practicing, I would say, because I think it's really interesting to, to learn ways that would be suitable to, to what meditative practices work for me. But it's not always easy to just every day sit down and take those teachings and what you've learned and apply them and sit down in meditation for 15 minutes. That seems to be my issue. But I know that the phrase soft gaze comes from uh, comes from uh, teachers of meditation. Yeah, yeah. I uh, know uh, uh, this this modality. Um, I mean, Michael touches upon a lot of Tibetan Buddhism, and okay. it, it feels really good to be um, just honoring something that is very it's very ancient within the way that it holds truth to allowing for us to be clear sure. of thought. And, um, but still be aware at the same time. But still be aware of this at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and that's what the soft gaze really. That's what it. I mean, it it allows for you to be clear of your vision. Um, although, like, I literally can't see anything because of because you're you're trying to keep the all of these techniques happening at the same time. Um, and I found the the section, so let's go through it. Awesome. But um, so. Alrighty. So the sound wheel, I feel like, I mean, it happens first. That's um, what we find through like our basic movement on the floor, like I mentioned. Yeah. And so that happens, and um, then we bring like more movement into our bodies, and we start to get up, and you know, um, we create movement on like amongst the space all over. But um, the way that we all like vibrate off of each other within the way that we're just kind of um, moving freely in a space tends to happen in a, I believe it's a clockwise circle. And um, we refer to that as a black hole. And it's just kind of like where all of our, like, um, I mean, it's really where like all of our insecurities are going because that's where we're like trying to avoid. That's wow. like the space that like is just very, uh, I don't know, like we're all like claiming it as some, like something that we can embrace. But like, the second that you step into that, it feels so good to like just let let loose um, of this movement, and so you um, bring in more of a cathartic movement, and then the sound. And what happens to your body is that it's it's um, extroverting itself so much so that you basically have to like 
really be on your on your toes. I mean, and you are. You're jumping all over the place. You're, you're. I mean, I personally, when I first started doing this, my neck was very able to just like be flung all over the place. But like, maybe not so much anymore. Um, and like, you learn as you start to practice this, like how you can go such a long way with moving your body in such more of like a melodic, slower way. It's almost like you have to submit or become alliant with the. Uh with the sound and with the vibration and with, with the group think even or with your own with yeah. your own personal relationship to to what's happening in that room. Yeah, I mean and then so we have the soft gaze which just like I said kind of happens I feel like it happens to all of us naturally at at some point once we get um you know I feel like there's levels of these techniques that we're all trying to like just keep keep steady. And once once you can get your levels kind of steady, then um I feel like the soft gaze is the last one to kind of like click and allow for me personally to like go through. These aren't necessarily listed step for step, but um, the motivation really is kind of building off of what you sure. just said. Like, um, so we bring in all of these things and we're creating movement amongst the space in any way that we find necessary. And then we all um, like agree to like, call an intention yeah and um he simply puts it as just like creating good energy for us to walk home with and like be able to like take this energy that we like are cultivating here and bring it to all places that have music or all places that don't and might need it mm -hmm. like um it's a it it really just depends on how it resonates with you. Like, you can take it in a very, like, plain way, and you can look at it as, okay, I'm coming here to dance for um, at least a solid hour. And um, people who have, like, worn Fitbits and, like, the watches, they uh, know that it's, like, close to a 3K every or a 5K <laughs> every time that they, like, show up. So, they know they're getting their cal calorie expenditure yeah, out, yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's it's true. Like, I, yeah, I love running, but, like, you don't have, like, it's and it's a totally different wear on your body being able to, like, move your body in this way rather than, like, in one straight line. And I guess to know that you're accomplishing the same thing yeah. is crazy. Well, for sure, uh, I, I can agree with dance. The exhaustion from dancing feels way better than exhaustion yeah. from running. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. The body enjoys it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what do what do people feel like when they leave this class? What do you feel like? What What is your vibe like? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to, like, necessarily speak for others, but, like, there is just this lightness amongst mm -hmm. every, everybody. In my in my eyes, um, even the even the practices where like I'm growing through I'm going through some, I'm growing through something sure. I like that, um, uh, and it it wasn't necessarily like the most uplifting. It was more so of like a, a an exploration into like what I'm going through because that's that's really what happens for me. Like I, you can take that in like a a five k way, or you can take it in more of like a a spiritual way. And you can, like, really tap into, like, what is coming up as you're, like, dancing. Sure. At least for me, it becomes um, very kind of, like, rerouting yeah. for the way that I'm choosing to move my body. It sounds like it can be very phys physically healing, but also emotionally healing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because some, um, I mean, so we meet currently in the same building on uh, two days, but... Um, they're in, it's in two different locations, and the first day is on Thursday nights at six thirty, at um, Blue Velvet Vintage. Oh, where is that? It is in the Eastern Market. Oh, wonderful! On Division Street. Okay. And then on Sunday mornings at ten a.m. until noon. Um, just, I think it's a floor above that. Um, it's at Detroit Kung Fu. At Detroit Kung Fu? Yep. Is this a studio? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that's Tevin's from on Sundays from 10 a.m. to noon, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like church, right? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. It's fun church, right? Yes. And not the guilt related to it and all the... No, you shake it all. Uh, you shake all that off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could imagine that for me, and this is something I would love to drive. I could imagine for me, it would be a releasing maybe of emotions. And sometimes I know from, from, from doing yoga practice, and my favorite kind of yoga is, is yin or like a slow flow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that I react differently every time I go to, I go to one of those classes. And I'll always remember the most interesting, impactful class I've ever had was, I think it was the first time I tried yin yoga. And I was, I was in the studio and we were in this pose where we were with our legs out in front of us straight and bent over a bolster, um, had it on our laps with our arms over it for a few minutes, right? Such as yin yoga goes. Mm-hmm. And the instructor came up to me and she ran her hand, both her hands down my back from my shoulders to the small of my back. And I, with Without knowing it, what happened, I cried, like mm-hmm. <laughs> ugly cried, unapologetically, mm-hmm. without without relent, until that pose was finished. And at that time, I was going through some difficult things in my life, but I didn't go to the class knowing that – I didn't go to the class knowing that I would need to release emotions based right. on this. And they those were not things that were on my mind, but it was unprovoked and it was without my control that I just sobbed. Like yeah. that. Do you see people in class going through a, an emotional release, like even that extreme with, with this? I mean, I I would like to say so because I definitely do. Um, but we make a like a commitment. Um, and as a facilitator, it's your job to kind of call that out, that we're not here to um, necessarily pay attention to anybody besides ourselves. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you that's like and that's. What allows us to move the ways that we move is because we know as we are acquiring more of our own rhythm that um, nobody's looking at us. And yeah. if it is you and if it is like so that you do happen to be looking at somebody um, because there are some amazing people who dance in this space like you um, you're supposed to use your techniques to snap yourself back into your own um, rhythm and your own meditation because that's what it's there for. So now this brings us back to the beginning when you said you'd like to refer to yourselves as facilitators because you're not instructing anybody. You're not No, really I'm dancing them. with you. You're dancing with them. You're allowing them to just follow their own inner guidance yeah. and these techniques. Mm-hmm. I'm just that. I'm just literally there to hold the space and um, make sure that nobody's getting hurt and make sure that we're all kind of like having a great time. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's that's all I want to do. Like that's, that's if there's a way that I can go about the world and do this, that would be amazing. So you found what what could be said to be a calling? Yeah, I guess so. I cuz then I um I can take the yoga the 200 hours of yoga, which I would love to add more on to. Sure. But I would love to just, you know, guide um yoga after that. With that is very restore like yin and yeah. just restore the body, um, and then have a meditation. I would love to hold like a three hour movement class or workshop. I guess at that point, but um, most classes are two hours. I see, I, and I can see you doing that. Uh, anytime I've been around you, Alec, it like your presence immediately soothes me, mm-hmm. and I imagine it soothes everyone around you. You have a very solid, consistent uh, baseline state of uh, just of presence and, and energy that is thank lovely you. to be around, <laughs> lovely to experience. Well, thank you for, for being, I guess, vulnerable no- enough to to let that happen, to draw people in. Yeah. You know, I guess that's what it is, vulnerability. I, you don't realize it because, I don't know, you can just be so... I'm, <laughs> let's get, we can get astrological about it, but I'm a Leo, and that's just what I see at, sometimes is like when I receive these these uh, compliments, if you will, I'm just like, wow, yeah, I guess I, I am vulnerable, but I've just, I'm just, you just have to be in your own groove. Like you gotta yeah. be your, you gotta be your boyfriend, yeah. really. <laughs> Things go right for you when you're in, when you're in alignment with who you really are. Yeah. And when you're letting your true nature and your true self just thrive and, and take the wheel mm-hmm. and things don't work out for you. Like I, I don't believe in luck at all, uh, good luck or bad luck. I think 
what we call bad luck happens to people when there are are they are resisting who they really are and who they want to be and ought to be and where they ought to be uh and it it's obvious that things don't work out for you when that happens you're not really happy you're just kind of always operating at a at a level of being irked right yeah and annoyed being annoyed because yeah. you're not yourself yeah i mean honestly um it's it's very interesting because we have these ways of tapping into ourselves and when um it you know when your actions like spin so far to um take away from not being able to you know like do these things um that allow for you to tap into yourself it's just like it's a huge like cycle and um like I mean, for instance, this weekend I went out dancing at night, and I didn't get a chance to go to dance meditation in the morning, and I was just very bummed. Like, because sure. I, I, yeah, I had a great time dancing, but I would have, had a, I would have had an even better time, like, knowing that I danced last night and then going, like, making myself go, and um, I slept through my alarm. I woke up and it was eleven, and yeah, it just wasn't. It wasn't ideal. Yeah. So, like, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, we don't do the things that make us happy. We're not going to be happy. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we have to do that, like, I think, where we live because we experience um, a hibernation. Yeah. And we have to be able to, like, know yourself when it gets that cold. Yes. And, like, that that routine-oriented. and it for, It's for too long, for too many months, it's just cold and dark and... It's like dry and wet at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And you do have to do things that that bring you joy and that bring movement to your mind and your body. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll hibernate with it. Yeah. I mean, I um, I've I've definitely been in hibernation. I've I got home a week ago, um, and it's been such a marathon of a week. I can't even believe that that was a week. A week ago from you're talking about this adventure from, you've been on, um, basically. Yeah. I mean, like, so I'm here back to live in Michigan um, for a few months, actually, until right now, until January. Awesome. Let's take a quick break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about this adventure <laughs> you've been on. Okay. And anything else that's important to you. Okay. We're back. Alec and I just spent a very nice break eating about four dozen chocolate truffles. How do you feel, Alec? <laughs> Great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you have spent the last, what is it, year, more than a year abroad? Um, I left, let's say, we can pretty much say I left um, after the 4th of July. You did something yeah. really interesting that... Millions of people from millions of generations have talked about doing, and that is, you know what? I'm just going to pick up and go travel the world <laughs> with whatever I have on me, whatever yeah. I have with me. I'm going to make friends. I'm going to stay interesting places and do interesting things, and I'm going to learn. And is that what you did, right? Yeah. I mean, it is really by, like, the connections that you make um, that allow for you to have a path, um, and that path can be as, you know, as crazy as you want it to be, as interesting as you want it to be. Um, and it really is through people. It really, for me, it was people opening up their, their spaces um, and showing me certain places to go. So what places did, what, where did you stay? Where did you spend this last um, so, more than a year, year and a half? Yeah, so we'll start with like July. I mean, I started um, in um, New York. I spent most, like my first um, really like summer month that I had to myself because I was working um, up until then. Um, And so I, you know, like, yeah, I made money and I decided to pretty much just pack up. I was working for a catering company. And so um, my friend and I decided to go to um, her parents' new house in upstate New York. And she hadn't been there yet because she was in um, California going to school. And so we um, drove to upstate New York with um, another friend who um, just, like, spontaneously, like, the night before decided to come with us. <laughs> and so we just, uh, we get to New York, and um, I was there for two weeks. And then from there, I flew to California. Um, 
And that's where I experienced L.A. for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then from L.A., I took a bus to San Francisco. And that's where I had another catering gig. So I just kind of lined up all of these um, travels and like uh, adventures because sure. that's what happens in between everything. But um, I lined them all up in between these two catering gigs and then um, experienced San Francisco before the catering gig, and then um, after, I was able to um, secure a landscaping job with my friend um, who was opening up his place to for me to like live in while I was working nice. at um, this festival called Outside Lands. Um, the catering company that I work for is Latitude 45, Okay, um, if we can do that on here. Um, yeah, but, you can talk about anything. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I was working for them, and um, then my friend Andrew, who owns this company called Eco Gardens, um, basically asked me if I wanted to come back to San Francisco um, after I, you know, packed up like a few more logical things to have with me for a few months and um, see how it goes. And I got to San Francisco with an indefinite time. I was just like, okay, I'm going to be here now. You're like, I'm going to take my shirt off and mow lawns and (laughs) trim bushes and be one of those hotties that we all drool, right? Yeah. I went, I tried to go from twink to twunk. Nice. Yeah. That's what I use that time for. And I definitely do think that I like have leveled up in some physical attributes. You have. So So, (laughs) thank you. Yeah. I saw you before you left and you were definitely Inhabiting the body of a twink, you came back. You did come back a twunk. You put on some muscle mass. Okay, great. Um, and even though it's the first week of spring, you seem to have color on you. So, yeah. you, good for you. <laughs> Thank you. You made some great choices. Yeah, I mean, I went into the 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 I call it the hibernation season, mm-hmm. um, and that's really like when like October starts to hit. Yeah. Um, for me, at least. Being um, born and raised in Livonia, Michigan, like um, that's pretty much when things start to become more of a routine. Yeah, and you just you know go to school, go to work, and you go home. But you were still you were in, in San Francisco at this time, well, right? right. So your... I'm this like going into this past hibernation season. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that here, right? Um, and I didn't know if hibernation even really, like, existed. Does it exist there? Do people get seasonal affective disorder and depression? I mean, they call it their winter, but, like, it was such a, it was such a beautiful thing to be, like, rained on during, like, um, like, I think it was New Year's, New Year's yeah. even day. We were, it was raining. So you get like, some nice, nice showers. You don't get the polar vortex or the no. glacier dump that they, yeah. that happens here. I mean, San Francisco is a bay area city so it's just very um windy mm-hmm. and there is you can definitely tell there's like water in the air i love it though because it it's just it's um it kind of also resembles to me like um smaller towns in italy just the way that there's so much hilly like hilliness yeah. and um yeah and it, it, the things are just closer together and you did so. you did spend some time in in florence right um, no, I was in I was in Napoli. So how wow. how this happened was I was living in a um, co op type situation in San Francisco, and I had the room for an indefinite amount of time when I first got there, and it was um, a month to month thing. So I was literally living in San Francisco, kind of day to day, just kind of like, well, this is great. I know I'm here, but any day I could like learn that like my room isn't my room anymore because I was just subletting. Sure. And um, I could learn that my room isn't my room anymore, and I need to move on. Okay. Um, and the way that San Francisco is uh, priced right now, it's not possible for me to live there. Yeah. Um, at, so I, I don't, I don't know how it all fell into place, but I was there for four months, and I it was month to month for the first two, and then after that, I was given a two month stay. And at some point, you you decided. I'm going to go to Naples, Italy. Well, so in between this like this 4-month period, um my my sister Summer Minerva, she uh reached out to me and she said that she was um leading a pilgrimage to Napoli. And it was um does also described as like a queer collaboration 
because we are we are all artists in some way. And so she uh, wanted to bring us all together and um, basically have us live in Naples for, I think it was a little over a week. Okay. And um, during that week, we went to, um, it's called Monte Virgin. It's a, a mountain, basically, with a uh, sanctuary, um, which to me was like three churches that uh, all connected to each other, a little courtyard area. And on this special day called Condolora, we uh, celebrated this uh, Black Madonna figure, and she stands for all people who are, like I guess, outcasted in the society. Sure. Um, and this day in particular was honoring the Feminello, which are basically uh, the identification in um, Neapolitan society in particular of um, born men who embrace a feminine body and a, um, a feminine kind of charisma to them. And so during that week, we met with people of that community and we um, went to like events that um, we were like um, kind of welcomed to because we are of this identification. Okay. Um, it's a, we referred to it as a sacred gender. Um, really, a third gender, the, and this is in the built into the to the culture in yeah. in Napoli. Oh, but it's for like eight, like a very very long time. And they're called the feminello. Feminello, fascinating. Which is uh, basically like masculinizing the word feminine. Sure, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, we met with various people of that community and went out to dinners and went to people's houses and just got a, a literal feel for what it was like to live there. And I, I love I love that place so much. Yeah. Na- Na- Napoli is so, it's a jungle. But <laughs> in the city way, like it's, it's so, there's so much for you to do. Sure. And are these, are the feminine yellow, are they, how are they uh, perceived by, by the locals? Are, are they celebrated? Are they regarded? I mean, if you take the, if you take the steps to go to the mountain on the day of Condolora, then like you will, you will, you'll see us all like in celebration. Like we, like that is a very special day. Okay. Right. So like that's where it would be embraced. But sure. um, there's, I mean, there's history that doesn't necessarily embrace um, somebody to be born in that culture. Um, just along the lines of you know homophobia, that kind of spreads across the world. Yeah. That allows or doesn't allow for us to project ourselves the way that we want to. Right. Um, and so I, I, w- I was noticing that um, if there were people who were a little bit more extrovertedly um, flamboyant, they it kind of followed more of a cis-presenting suit anyway. And we were seen very, very as, very much so as a, um, a sore thumb. Wow. <clears throat> Like, by whom? By the by the the locals, the by the people just around the, that were on the streets. So like, so it is distasteful. To I them. mean, in a in a way, it's just not necessarily distasteful. It's just, I mean, some people, I'm sure, of course, they find it distasteful, but it's, it's just uncommon that somebody um, goes about doing this. Sure. Um, and the okay, I guess the thought process is like nowadays it's like if you aren't going to make the full I guess like transition from one gender to the other, you then um, kind of you pick right like yeah. if you're not going to make that transition then you stay on one side, and um, the Feminello like really weren't something that stood for that obviously, and so um, we weren't necessarily seen like in like in the history of us like becoming a part of society we weren't necessarily seen as like able to fight in war mm. so we would take care of um like the kids while the mothers went to work and um did the father's job and we would stay back and take care of the kids and clean the house and do these things that needed to get done you're using inclusive pronouns and saying we uh, do you uh, do you relate to I identify to yeah i do i don't have Neapolitan roots, yeah. but um, yeah, I, de- I definitely identify with that because um, I think it's important to identify a divine feminine in everything. 
Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, Mama Ru said in an episode that she believes that every man who walks this planet has a sissy inside of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. It made me smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be a real rotten word, right, to be called that. But, yeah. Sissy is sissy. great. Yeah. Um, so your sister, <laughs> your sissy, your sissy, uh, Summer Minerva, yeah. led this pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Is this the, something that she does uh, more than just that one time? This is her, this was her first kind of go at. I mean, she was facilitating. Sure. In that in that week that we shared, she was facilitating, um, you know, things for us to do, um, certain interactions for us to have with important people, and. Um, yeah, like this was her first kind of go at it because she had gone to uh, Condolora the previous year and I um, like was very interested in what she had to share throughout the the time in between, you know, the celebrations last year's Condolora and now. And so she, um, I guess, decided to make a pilgrimage out of sure. it. And we all came together and I didn't know anybody. I don't really think a lot of people had a very big familiarity with each other but um there was some familiarity amongst the group but I didn't know anybody and so like um getting to know these people who summer knew was very interesting because we were all there for similar reasons but um what brought us there was very different and to share that and to like walk with that every day throughout these streets that were much more fast like so much more faster than New York like and like there isn't like um, a divide between like you sometimes there isn't a divide you know like between um, a car and you type of thing <laughs> so like the city life is so much more high sensory than you would even think that's why you call it a jungle yeah 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 it's a jungle but it's it, it, within the way that you can just like create because it's so full of life do you think that your sister is going to lead another pilgrimage to Condoloro? Yeah, of okay. course. And we're bringing all, I mean, it was open to all people. But um, it really, I feel like we all kind of called to um, this this journey in particular this year because, I mean, a lot of us are on, I mean, I don't necessarily want to call it a transition, but I definitely, it's an acceptance of just sure. like, um, the fact that like gender is a concept, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> if does your um, and I'd like to to have you talk more about that. But I before I forget to ask you this, I want to know is how people can can uh, follow your sister on social media or get yeah, hold of her no, if, no, if they're interested in going to Italy and yeah. Because maybe we have listeners that they have Italian uh, ancestry and roots, and they are relating strongly to what we're talking about right now. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, Her Instagram is summer underscore P Minerva, M-I-N-E-R-V-A. Okay. Or summer underscore P underscore Minerva. Summer underscore P underscore Minerva. Minerva, yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure it's an open profile but if not, I think you can still send messages to profiles that aren't necessarily open. Yeah. And um, and she's she's totally, I mean, she's going to hear this podcast. I'm going to share it with her because I really was hoping that I'd be able to talk about that adventure and how she played into it. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it it's all going to connect. It's all going to weave yeah. into itself. And, yeah, and- I really hope that people are interested in that because the more that we can come together, the more that we can, like, um, more of an experience that we can create, really. Beautiful experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Like very beautiful experiences. Now, you uh, you were talking about gender being a concept, and, and it's interesting because before we uh, hit record on the equipment, you were also talking about your Instagram profile, and, and this ties into it also. Where can we find you and follow you on social media? Um. So my Instagram handle right now is ka.toi, and you would read that off, like, the rip by just saying katoi. Okay. Um, the way that it's pronounced in th- in Thai, which is what the word, where the word is from, is kathoi, and it means ladyboy. Like, uh, it means faggot. Okay. Um, amongst that culture, and um, we've had a, a restaurant in Detroit called uh, katoi, 
that's the way that people would call it amongst me. I, I didn't get to go there until it closed, and there was like a, um, a an unfortunate event of some sort, and then um, it reopened, and then it was Takoy. And Takoy is basically what happens when you like are walking in the same direction as somebody and then like we both go the same way and then we both go the other way and it's the same way and like it's just that like awkward moment. And that's that's Takoy. I love that. Yeah. And they did that in response to uh, discovering that that the word Katoy is yeah. derogatory. There right? was somebody like in the article there was somebody from San Francisco um, who came to Detroit for a reason I think it was on business and wanted and she of is of Thai descent um, and so she basically found offense and voiced her opinion to somebody and they wrote this article and so I I don't know uh, I lost my Instagram handle um, that I had before and so I just thought like what would be what what would be the most like kind of head turning uh, thing, but I and not obviously something that was like too long, and um, this just crossed my mind, and I don't know how people feel about it. I would love for people to let me know how they feel about it because yeah, well, when they when you follow K A dot T O I Katoy on yeah, you know, A K Alex on Instagram <laughs> yeah. Uh, DM and let him know yeah, how it makes please. you feel. <laughs> please, we could go to Takoy about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can let me know. But um, I'm really like I'm really just trying to keep it playful. I mean, I don't put anything too provocative out there, and that's not why my name is um, the way that it is. You know, and like I don't even think that people of that l- language use it in that way because I I learned that the community. Um, that speaks that culture, like they're trying to re kind of rewire the meaning of that word to make it mean something more positive. Sure. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of a journey that the whole world is on is trying to accept each other a little bit more. At least I would like to think that that's what's happening. So, um, I was touched to hear that little part about it. So like I'm doing something for that that group of people <laughs> that use that word. Yeah, it sounds like you're contributing to the rewiring. Yeah. And so you are probably making a, quite a few people happy with that, maybe some other people angry, but it, <laughs> tough titties for those people, right? right. Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so you believe that gender is just a concept? Yeah, I mean, so kathoi me, means ladyboy. Like, it, it's just, I mean, right now in my life, I... Um, like just feel like it's so much more of a beneficial way to embrace myself, how I'm growing into um, this body in a way that is feminine, I guess, if you need to like call it something because I I do feel like it is feminine, um, but it also is masculine in the way that you have to like find protection for yourself. Um, and like build a body so that you have something to protect yourself with, but also go about it in a feminine way. And so like the way that I kind of became um, comfortable with it is by saying that I see the world through the eyes of a woman as I embrace my masculine body in a feminine way. And that just kind of like, that can become a mantra. Yeah. Um, And like it really just helps for me to remember that, like, I mean, being a, a, a Taurus son, I'm very bullheaded. I can, like, get on this giant rampage and then, like, the day's over and I'm just like, whoa, like, where was where was everything? And why do I feel so, like, pent up and, like, not, not together, really? I feel all over the place, but, like, very tight and kinked. And um, so, like, that has to kind of always be reminded is that like I have to honor my feminine body like she needs to be taken care of we need to be like remembering to like breathe and to like do all these things that like I the masculine um influences in my life just were not were not um embracing of those things like to take a second and to like relax and to like realize like where your head's at or trying to do these things that just like Allow for you to just get throughout the day a lot more. So, s- not smoother. just grunt and put your fist through walls. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, because that's, that's isn't that such a masculine thing for us to like see 
I mean, even in like movies is like a, a, a dude getting mad and just like busting yeah. through yeah. a door. <laughs> so. I mean, those things hurt. They hurt other people. They hurt yourself. It's not pleasant to to, to, to do those things. Uh, it's not pleasant to do a lot of things that are considered traditionally the masculine way of expressing uh, yeah. an emotion or a thought. Uh, they don't They don't serve you and they don't truly get out the – the emotion that you're wishing to express. I mean, right? yeah, it, it it's like it just gathers more because you're just, I mean, your hands like fucked up, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> you just busted through a door. Like why'd you do that? You know, I mean, um, that yeah, it it is just all a learning right. curve, really, because um, it happened to acquire like along this journey where. I'm I'm the only one looking out for myself. Okay. On, in this world, you know, so like, I have to be able to carry myself lightly, but also like protect myself. And you do come across that way. So you you sit your walk up a mountain to see the Black Madonna, <laughs> and then where did you go next? Um, I mean, so I mean that day it was um, <clears throat> just a day of mass. It was the first time that I was in church, um, for. A very long time, okay. and I received communion, and also received confession. Things that like I grew up learning how to like conduct myself in. I went to school, Catholic school, for nine nine years, and um, that was a part of my life. For how did, how such did a long it feel time. being where you're at now and knowing who knowing who you are and the way that the reality of existence actually is? Mm-hmm. What was it like being in that mass? Um. It wasn't like it was. It, it was so much. It was so much. Like it. It's just I can't even really put um, one description to it because as I was feeling so, you know, overwhelmed, I was also feeling like how the stereotypical feeling like when I would go to church with my grandmother on okay. like a, a Saturday, like being who I am now type of a thing and just being like, okay, well, I'm here, but like I'm not necessarily like involving myself, sure. you know, but like there it was so different, I think, because the experiences that we had before going to uh, Condolora were very um, affirming and um, we also had uh, what we call heart circles and so we were basically like sharing our experiences um, when we woke up and sometimes when we went to bed, um, some days they would happen on both ends of the day. So we were very open. Like you become very open with your experience because it's just it's better to get all perspectives. And like the, once you hear other people's perspectives, it's easier to speak about yours yeah. um, and how it's either different or the same. And so um, it just became a very big like multi multi I, I don't really know how to explain it it just became very like there were so many angles you had all the emotions yeah like there were so many angles that I could see it from because I was also feeling like um so overwhelmed with emotion so much so that like I couldn't like I started to cry yeah. and just like I couldn't really stop like not being able to breathe it seems like it was kind of like an anxiety attack but it wasn't necessarily like an anxious feeling. It was just an overwhelming feeling of like home, I guess, uh-huh. because it was just, I mean, it's just like, I know that I, my people are from this belief system and like, yeah, um, my, my actual like truths stem from even deeper. And that is like pagan Rituals, but this is where it's like this is where my people like, you know, found consistency in a belief system. Sure. And so like, I I I grew up like holding it to a respect, and like I would not receive com- communion if I, you know, did things that I considered to be sin. And then until I resolved those sins, then I could go and like receive communion. Like that's just the way that it works. Um, and so I. Like, I remembered those things, and I even went through that process there and then was able to go to confession and confess of even that sin. And, like, being in confession 
being the person that I am now, like it it wasn't even necessarily me being like a shook little like Catholic school boy, like these are my sins. It yeah. was just me literally having a conversation with somebody who was there to like hear me out and just kind of like guide where I think I've done wrong. And it, he did not give me, I mean, he did give me like a religious um, thing to kind of do afterwards, but it, the advice had nothing to do with the way that we carry ourselves any differently than being, you know, Catholic or Buddhist or... So like, it was just good human advice? Yeah, it was just literally like human advice. I mean, anybody should really like see what that experience is like. Just to get into con- into a container with somebody who is there to literally just kind of like hear you out. Did you feel, did you leave that experience feeling loved? Oh, yeah. Great. Like I felt like how I was when I was going through Catholic school and was like I had my first confession and was able to like, I guess, do all of those things, say those, like confess those sins. And then like just having that weight lifted off of my shoulders, like that happened again in a totally different way, of course. Yeah. And um, it just, it was affirming because I don't plan on going to church regularly. Sure. But um I would like to keep uh, strengthening that program, that pilgrimage that is happening because we're also spreading, we're like creating a connection between the U.S. and Napoli, everywhere like in the U.S. really, and Napoli. And we're bringing like influence to Napoli and people love it. People love the fashion. People like, people want to bring me to stylists and like do just like photo shoots and because I'm just so willing to like do whatever. Which brings me to another thing and I forgot to mention this in the introduction but you're you also model. I guess it's I guess that's what it's becoming. It's I just I consider myself a canvas. Yeah. Like I if you have a vision, I want you to be able to and it involves a body. I want you to be able to look at me regardless of what you perceive me to be as along the lines of a gender and be able to transform me into whatever you think is able to, to happen. Well, that's a really a really nice way and, and a bit also a little humble how you put it because on your Instagram, uh, you clearly have uh, done some beautiful artwork or been used as beautiful artwork. Thank you. And uh, the, the styling tells stories and it, it evokes uh, certain emotions and certain feelings and, uh, and it's always fun. Thank you. <laughs> right, those emotions, but it's more yeah, than that. Yeah, it's complex, yeah. and I can see that you draw forth a complexity also into those uh, into those art sessions, yeah, into those yeah. fashion shoots. Yeah, I mean, so I I just my latest uh, adventure was Bali, Indonesia, and um, I was brought on. Um, re- I was recruited from a company called uh, Trend Forty Five, and they recruit. Um, models and photographers, and they basically um, they get a loc- like they get a living situation for a um, period of time, and we have full range of this um, this area. Usually, it's like a, a very big like a house, a villa. Um, this time in Indonesia, we had a full resort to ourselves. Wow. It was magical. Luxurious. It was luxurious, yes. We, I mean, I. it kind of felt like Boy Scout, Girl Scout camp because we were staying in, like, <laughs> these rooms full of bunk beds. But it was it was cute. Like, you got to know people. And, um, yeah, like, it, I, was, I was brought on to teach movement. And so every day we had yoga in the morning. And... Um, it didn't necessarily happen every day, but I was there to be there for you if you wanted to be guided in anything. Um, and we actually ended up being there for what can what's considered to be there like a new year. And so um, the Wednesday of the week that we were there, we um, basically uh, celebrated their culture by like going to this uh, festival. And they paraded the demons through the town. And Were you one of the demons they paraded? <laughs> no, no. They, they like, make these huge sculptures out of styrofoam. And then everybody, like, picks them up and they, like, parade them around and, like, play music and stuff. And then the following day is uh, the Day of Silence. And they basically bring in the new year by meditating and fasting and abstaining from all things pleasured. And, um, yeah, so we weren't 
so like the Wednesday was a very like extravagant day, and then on uh, Thursday we we had to basically like stay in the confines of our. Um, it was called the sanctuary. I called to, to observe that day. To observe that day, yeah. I mean, we were still given food because we were like in a hospitality situation and we weren't of that culture, but um, so we had like you know a, a lot of time to be like on this resort and. My friend um, was also brought on to help style um, another friend of ours who um, actually connect me connected me to this. Um, shout out to Elizabeth. She's like one of my best friends. Um, she basically like allowed for me to come on this trip um, and brought my other friend on to help like style. What is the name of the organization that did, that hired you for this? Trend Forty Five. Trend Forty Five. So people yeah. can find them. By just looking that up? Yeah. Um, on Instagram, it's we are trend 45 Trend. Trend45. Our, um, our promotion video for Indonesia just dropped today. Um, and it's really cool. You can see some of the stuff that I like did. Um, and my friend who um, joined us, his name is Eddie. Uh, he um, is doing a – he's starting to create a leather accessories um, – company called Ew Leather and I help him with a lot of like the conceptual work and we basically um, were there just just storming our brains each other's brains just like vibrating so much creativity off of each other um, and creating some really awesome concepts like if you connect to my page or um, Trend 45's page you'll definitely see some of the stuff's coming up soon. Um, I got to see some sneak previews of, yeah. of your trip in your Instagram stories. Love them. I can't wait to, to go on later today and to see more of what you were doing there. What was queer culture like there? Oh my gosh! It <laughs> uh, amongst the amongst the like locals, like on the streets, um, I pushed a very what I like to call a gender fuck appearance, and so <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so uh, it. it it, it turned a lot of heads. Like my friend and I, like we just we shook the we shook All the right. Balinese people. I think good. and yeah, good. Like, wake them up. Wake them up. Like I, I'm not here to cause any harm. Like I'm just here to just be on this tropical like island and like be constantly hugged by the air and whatever yeah. wear whatever I want and just like be comfortable like you I'm expressed sorry. yourself and if they were shook by it then that's on them I guess so yeah. yeah I mean it was cute like there were sometimes when like I would have my head wrapped and like um we got off of a boat at this one moment and um my friend Eddie and I were like putting on our shoes and this guy comes up to me and he's like, ride for Madame, ride for Madame. And I like get up and I look at him. And I was like, oh, no, no ride for Madame. And he's like, oh, like and then his friend and him just like started laughing so hard. And it was just it was so cute, honestly. Yeah. And then they did. I, I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't common that I received compliments, but they did say that I was. Um, beautiful, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like, thank you. <laughs> you felt beautiful. Yeah, yeah, like I, it was, it was, it was cute. So, um, that happened, but also a lot of like, uh, calling out. I noticed, like cat calling, cat calling, but it wasn't, it wasn't the way that we do it. It was like, um, like grunting, and what? when I would, like, in 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 ways that I, I just, I don't even know how to mimic. I don't want to. Okay, but like, um. <laughs> They basically would like it turned my head enough to know for them to know that like they were talking to me, and it was uh, well it was um it was interesting that's all you know because right. I I was in I was in a group and I already kind of know that um, trafficking is yeah. a thing there so I just kind of stayed in my group and I didn't adventure off too far um, but I do know that. That is another place that I'm going to spend probably at least a good two to three months just adventuring and living in place to place. And Well, you can't go to a beautiful resort in a beautiful climate and not spend at least a few months there. I know. And that's, 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 the, that's the whole thing behind this company is that it's so great. But um, we, we were only there for so long that – we weren't able to fully embrace the culture that I think was necessarily supposed to happen in order for us to really have anything to 
really, really share. Like, unless you've done your research and there were people there that did their research and knew what type of environment that they were stepping into, but I, being one of those people who didn't, felt kind of um, disrespectful. And I guess that's kind of my fault, knowing that I um, wasn't necessarily educated in the moments where I should have been. And so, like, it was a big lesson. Like, I I received this great opportunity to go to this place, but um, I didn't really even get to scratch the surface. So you're going to go back. Yeah, yeah. I have to. Uh, yeah. Alec, you're fantastic. Oh, thank you're you. <laughs> physically beautiful. You're spiritually beautiful. You've got a gorgeous mind, and you have very interesting and important things to say. And I've loved having you here in the neighborhood. You're welcome back anytime to talk about any new adventures and any new thing that you feel is important for people to know about and to be able to experience. Uh I hope that your move into the city to be closer to work goes really well. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. (laughs) Uh, Everyone out there, remember that every Sunday morning between 10 a.m. and noon at Detroit Kung Fu Academy in Eastern Market and every Thursday evening from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Also in Eastern Market at the Hidden Gate Gallery, uh, you can participate with Alex and dance your heart out and express who you really are and get all the feels out that you need to get out. Um, with dance meditation technique. Uh, They're both on the third floor of uh, 1353 Division Street in Eastern Market at Detroit. For more information, go to dancemt.com. Also follow Alex on his Instagram uh, page at ka.toi, right? Right. Thank you so much. Um, Can I I make just like a one little more, one more side note? Say anything you want. Cool. Um, So... During the month of May, we're going to um, have a event in the city called the Fashion Massacre. It's the 10-year <laughs> anniversary, I believe, this year. And um, there's going to be a show on the 9th, 10th, and 11th of this um, of, of this upcoming May. And uh, my friend Eddie, who I mentioned, who um, is starting this leather company, he uh, is uh, in charge of the third night along the lines of all things accessories and pretty much we're we're styling all of the looks it seems to seems to be like for uh, night three so I really would love if we had some um, some interest upon that um, coming back to me Um, if you are also somebody who is interested in modeling we um, are looking for people to walk this fashion show so Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. bet there are a lot of people who would be interested. I um, think so. Are you going for a certain kind of look? Um, if I, I don't really want to say no or yes. Like It, it really just depends on um, if you find yourself comfortable enough to be kind of you know taken as a canvas. But we also do honor the fact that you, you are your own individual person. And so like... We honor your likes and dislikes behind representing something. So if you have a little attitude yeah. and a lot of confidence and you want to be a model for this event. Yes, yeah, uh, walk for me, honey. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alec and I are going to go drink a couple pots of tea and see who can Ooh. hold their bladders longer. <laughs> and we'll see you next time in the neighborhood. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. something really new and fascinating about this subculture in Italy in this week's episode. So I thought that this would be the perfect opportunity to make this week's Stonewall of Fame honoree an Italian trans actress, writer, politician, and television host, Vladi Luxuria. Luxuria has long been a strong advocate for gay rights in Italy. She even helped organize Italy's first gay pride festival in Rome in 1994. It was attended by well over 10,000 people. In 2006, Luxuria became the first openly transgender member of parliament in Europe and also in all of the European Union. European Union when she was elected to the Chamber of Deputies, which that's Italy's version of the United States House of Representatives. Luxuria has used her prominence in politics in Italy as a platform for advocating for gay rights. She called for civil unions to be enabled for gay couples and for Italy to accommodate political asylum for all gays who try to get into Italy from countries where homosexuality is punishable by death. 
in 2009, she won Italy's version of a show similar to Survivor, and she pledged half of her 200,000 euro prize money to charity, UNICEF, in fact, uh, saying that she she knows that she's not going to have children, uh, but she wants to do something to benefit many children. Uh, Luxuria went on later to host that that television program, Lisa La De Famosi, and now Luxuria is living her best life ever. And she also has a very active presence on Facebook. If you can read and understand Italian, check her out. 